This is the Macworld Podcast, episode 504, for April 20th, 2016. Welcome back to the Macworld Podcast, everyone. I'm Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor at Macworld. And joining me is Susie Oaks, the executive editor of Macworld. Hello, Susie. Howdy, Glenn. Howdy ho. Well, it's that special day. Uh, we all are waiting for the day that Apple revises the USB-C bearing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say April 20th. <laughs> it's, April, it's this best April 20th. It's the most amazing day. day. Don't you know what happened this day? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, Let's see. I I'll forgot. Come back. We'll come back to that. It's you know 420, man. It's 420. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh. So Apple released, uh, announced new MacBooks today and our intrepid reporter, editor rather, Roman Loyola, was on the scenes. We'll have a uh, hands-on uh, look at the new MacBooks uh, by Roman the time. Roman is employee of the day because he uh, – so he had this appointment at 11, but they told us, you know, they didn't tell us exactly what we were co- he was coming to see. Um, but they were like, you know, so you have this appointment, but then also just uh, so you know, the news is – the news release is dropping before your appointment. Ah, at 5.30 in the morning. So he woke up really early <laughs> and wrote this news piece and then jumped in his car and trucked down to Cupertino. So, yay, Roman. Yay, Roman. Um, <laughs> yes, it's very exciting news. But so uh, the, it's very exciting news, except it is, it's really yeah. not that exciting. It's kind of, I am underwhelmed. When they just we... put out a press release for a Mac, you know, they're not super excited about it. It didn't get stage time at WWC, which will probably end up being more of a software show. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange. I kind of expected a little more. I mean, this is their only spring hardware release, uh, I, which it's you know, could sh- be, yeah. it's shaping up to be, unless they're going to slip something out in May, which is odd. It's you mean po- for computers? For computers, yeah. 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 So well, let, let's let's back up a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, the iPhone, the iPhone SE, you could arguably say it's a revision. It's not like a new release. And the same thing with the Mac. I mean, it's, you know, it's got it's it's definitely um, <laughs> iPhone SE is something sort of new. By the way, just sidebar. I I'd be curious how people uh, listening if they've been trying to get one, the kind of luck they've had. Because uh, when I looked the other day, you know, originally it was. It was basically not in the stores when promised. Maybe they had a few units. Then it was pushed out a while. Now we're looking at, I think, a month uh, if you do wow. mail order. And the stores, there are no supply. Whenever I check, it says no availability in any Apple store for the iPhone SE. Bummer. Yeah. So I'm curious. I mean, my wife's response was, didn't they know people wanted to buy this thing? Like you said, it wasn't very new. I'm like, I know it's like the same. It's the stuff they've been putting in the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus for months, so ostensibly they have a pipeline for that. The yeah. machining line is essentially identical with the finish step being different. I don't understand why they didn't have enough to ship. There's something not right in the supply Me chain neither. here. They should have, I mean, maybe they could have been backlogged a week or two weeks, but now we're two weeks in and it's backlogged a month. That does not seem correct. Yeah, that's really strange. Maybe much bigger pent up demand, but they're usually pretty good about that. They're only supply constrained usually when. Uh, it's a new device that they aren't they underestimate um, supply or demand for, but that, I don't know. Yeah, or it takes a while to kind of ramp up the production. It's confusing. Like the white iPhone that never shipped because they couldn't get it like exactly. Yeah, right. and that took forever to get that one out. Um, well, so okay, so back to the MacBook. So we have a yeah. a new <laughs> a new MacBook. New tw- it's still the same size. Yeah, the twelve inch MacBook is uh, so not the Pro, not the Air, the the little guy in the middle. So the first one came out last year, and then this is the second revision. But it's mostly just a processor bump. They didn't really change the outside. 
Um, and but they did make a, a rose gold version. So That's the exciting. it's got new processors. <laughs> the old ones were um, now I'm forgetting what the old ones were, but the new ones are Skylake. The old ones were Broadwell, I want to say. I think that's right. Yes. So the, the Skylake, they didn't change the price. Um, the base model is $1,300, and it comes with 1.1 gigahertz dual-core Intel Core M3, but it only comes with 256 gigabytes of storage, and you can't upgrade that. The only thing you can upgrade is the processor. You can uh, step up to a 1.3 gigahertz dual-core Core M7, for 150 bucks, mm-hmm. um, and then there is a step-up model that's uh, 300 dollars more. You get uh, a slightly faster chip. It's a 1.2 gigahertz Core M5, and then that comes with 512 gigabytes of storage. And you can't upgrade the storage in that one either. You can upgrade the chip to that same M7. So the storage is fixed on both of these. You get it's a 256, really small. and you got a 512. And wow, 256 is so small. That's what my work. I have a 13 inch MacBook Air that I use as my like main machine, and it's a 256, and I have problems with it. Like you know, I have to, I have to exclude certain folders in my Dropbox. Like I can't you know keep more than one like iPhone backed up to it. I can't keep like all my iOS devices backed up to it in iTunes they're just too big I guess they just didn't want to have I mean they if they had an intermediate step it would have been like a $150 upgrade to get a 512 gigabyte version but then if it's only 1600 to get to 512 with the faster processor I'm guessing when they did their product matrix they said no nah, this isn't the sweet spot um, and they're you know making people choose but 256 is just I live with that for um, years with a MacBook Air as with an SSD and mm-hmm. it was very difficult it required a lot of management as you're saying yeah um, and it's, it's just a task like it's it's doable but it's just another you know silly task like every once in a while I have to stop what I'm doing and figure out what I'm gonna offload and offload it and then remember where I put it and so that's a pain. But then I went to look at what the other ones were. And the MacBook Pros, like this, so there's a 13-inch MacBook Pro that starts at the same price, $1,300. And that one only comes with 128 gigabytes of storage. No. Oh, I didn't realize that. So you that's the ma- base can, level. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go up to 256 on that one for 1500 and the the most expensive 13-inch MacBook Pro is an 1800 with 512 gigabytes of storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can bump that up to a terabyte, but it's a $500 upcharge. So now you've got a $2,300 computer, wow. but it does have a terabyte of well, storage. It's got a terabyte inside. of storage, faster processor, dedicated GPU. Yeah, uh, yeah D- it's, a, it's, you know, it's a better machine. 13-inch Mac, MacBook Pro is no, a DVD drive? No, no, not on oh, the only Retina. The, uh, they so, still have the old uh, the old 13 non-Retina with the DVD D drive clunking around. It's their last DVD. Oh, Mac, that's basically. right. Okay, so wow, so that's pretty. So twenty three hundred bucks. It's a, I mean, so a thousand dollars difference for what it doesn't seem like as much of a difference thing. I mean, besides the terabyte, I know flash, uh, you know, SSDs are still relatively expensive. Like as you get up capacity wise, mm-hmm. although um, and then they don't use like an off the shelf, you know, SSD because right. they they put in the chips because it's it's saves more space rather than you know using like a you know 2.5 inch drive it's true but it should be i mean they're buying in very large quantities they yeah. should be able to be paying i mean you can get a um i think it was uh max a- or owc was yeah. offering um was it them or someone else who had a sale or new egg it was a terabyte ssd external for was it three hundred dollars it was something a few months ago and it was like it was a short-term sale i think but it was one of these price-breaking things you're like all right well you know 512 just dumped down because of that as well so we should start being able to see 
much more affordable, high capacity SSDs, but you can't swap them out in the MacBooks at all. So no, yeah, in the newer models. Um, yeah, so that's that's a bummer. Like, it, you know, if if I was gonna pick one, I feel like I would have to pick, I would have to pick the one with five twelve. It's it would be hard to yeah. And to this is essentially well. So the the uh, I bought essentially that model of the twelve uh, inch MacBook last year because mm-hmm. I wanted five twelve gigs, and I don't remember all the specs on that. I'm sure they're around somewhere, and I found it perfectly adequate. But and um, it's interesting with iCloud Photo Library. Uh, and, um, not, I don't store a lot on that computer. It's almost my cloud machine. And the most stuff that I'm syncing is Dropbox. I still have 400 gigabytes on that drive. I mean, I couldn't even tell you yeah. necessarily. I like, back up my photos to my Dropbox and that's where, that's where the problem is. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't even do that. And I still have 400 gigs. Like I'd have to go through, but I have a bunch of applications. I've got, um, you know, my photo library is so large, even the optimized, actually, I should say, I've never done the thing where. You fully optimize your collection. So because I have storage available, uh, iCloud Photo Library is not trying to aggressively dump uh, the full resolution versions. So um, depending on how you sync and upload and do other things, it's possible that I actually have a really substantial um, photos library on that machine and that if I you know, deleted it and made it recreate it, that it actually might be substantially smaller because I've got hundreds of gigabytes of photos um on my uh, on another Mac, on my main Office Mac, that are synced at full resolution. Uh, so uh, you know, so not an impressive update. I mean, and you can't get so eight gigabytes is the most uh, RAM, which is not I guess yeah, they unreasonable. all have eight gigabytes of RAM, which they is all, an upgrade. The the one that you have, I guess, has four. Uh, I think I went to. Gosh, could you buy an eight gigabyte option? I want to say I have eight gigs in that. I thought I paid for that. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> I because uh, I don't want a machine. That's so funny because I uh, I don't look at specs anymore. That's one of those funny things. Like I'm like, what's the machine available? I'm the uh, perfect customer, right? Because I don't care about the um, the details in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Oh yeah, so I've got a 1.2 gigahertz Intel Core M. Now I do have eight gigs of memory, and I've got the Intel HD Graphics 5300, which is one and a half gigs. Of, oh, um, they made the memory a little faster. DRAM. Uh, it's got the 1866 megahertz. Yeah, so I paid a little bit more than the base price for the MacBook to get a couple upgrades. Because I eight gigabytes, I mean, four gigabytes is not enough for you know graphics work. And I can run... Yeah, um, and you went all in on it. Like, you're using this as your main machine, right? It's great. I love your it. Every it's day. so easy. It's, you know, it basically, it's so uh, lightweight and full-featured that I, it, I was experimenting with using an iPad and a keyboard to travel. And it's like, no, I got this. And this is actually does everything I want and more. And I don't need the touch screen thing. So I have my phone and I have this. Uh, and I also, I, I mentioned on previous podcasts, I've done, you know, I do Photoshop work on it. I've done a, I did a 1200 page book in InDesign where it was like live repaginating the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done, um, oh, I try to think of everything I do on there. Um, I use a lot of software and sometimes a lot at once. I'm doing photo editing, Lightroom, um, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, I don't have any real problems with it. I think that's partly because of the memory management that was added in Mavericks does much better. So if you have at least, um, you know, I had a MacBook Air that had four gigs and it worked okay, not before Mavericks. It started to really chug with software I was trying to use it with. And then the uh, memory compression and management improved that enormously. And I think it really helps with eight gigabytes. I feel more like I have 16. If I had 16, as I do in my Mac mini, it would be even better. Um, but, uh, it makes it very usable. 
Um, let's talk ports. How many ports does this sucker have? It's got 10 now, right? 15, 20. Just the one. Oh. So yeah, it's still got Dang one USB-C port, just like the original version. Well, two. It has audio. Yeah, <laughs> it has really a, a headphone jack also. Port, we should call right? out every Apple product that has a headphone jack from now until forever. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right, because that's at some good. point it's not going to. Yeah, I like it. I'm pro headphone jack. Um, yeah. So, Team yeah, when we when the first one came out, we were like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool, but there aren't as many adapters for it yet. And and I bet the people who wait, like, I bet the next one will have two, you know, because the first Chromebook, I guess, had one, and the second Chromebook had two, and it was just such an innovation, like, second <laughs> port, big deal. So, so, yeah, this one still only has one, and it's, it's USB-C. It is not Thunderbolt 3, which is going to have the same form factor, but, you know, be more Thunderbolty. Um, so I don't know. Are you surprised? That's kind of a, yeah, it feels like it's, I mean, uh, so they're shipping, yeah, they're shipping it before Thunderbolt three is ready, which seems problematic for people who, who want that. I guess you don't buy this machine. It's not really ready yet, right? Yeah, it's not. It's also, do you buy this Mac? If you're looking for Thunderbolt three, you buy a desktop or you buy a pro, I guess. Um, but yeah, so here's the thing. I've been Which testing. Do you think will get it first, the MacBook or the Mac Pro? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I wonder if it'll go into an iMac first. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sometimes happens, and the iMac's a high they performance all those, machine. Got all that room on the back of those pretty iMacs. Yeah. Well, so I've been testing, uh, and you can read two of the three reviews so far. I think are now up. Uh, USB C pass through power docks because there have been a bunch of. I tested a bunch of adapters months ago. We're kind of waiting. Uh, for waves of USB-C stuff. So I think it was last summer in the fall, I tested a bunch of, um, they're kind of a roundup of like what was out there, cables and so forth, and was kind of waiting for another batch. And then like, oh, nothing really showed up, but there's like a million USB-C cables. And um, we've written a little bit about that. There's a whole, uh, uh, we could talk about that too, actually briefly, but there's a whole issue about um, bad cables and uh, power damaging cables. Yeah, and, we've been posting stories on that. Yeah, PC World, I think, especially Gordon Ung is our man who knows the USB and the power yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, at the news service has been covering that. Too. Oh, good. Yeah. And so there's, so there's that. But then I did the uh, roundup early this year of USB-C port equipped batteries, which are pretty cool. We lo- I looked at four and I have... Um, I think by next month or maybe June, there'll be three or four more. So there'll be seven or eight batteries out there from um, mostly major manufacturers and some um, lesser known ones that will let you charge a a MacBook or um, any USB-C device, uh, equipped device, um, with uh, from a battery at a you know three amps at much higher. uh, uh, So the iPhones, current iPhones for the last few years can charge at almost two amps, sometimes higher. Forget the models exactly. Uh, the iPad of recent years, uh, those models can charge up to 2.4 amps. And amperage is almost like speed. Like the higher amperage over mm-hmm. USB, the wattage is fixed with USB. And if you can charge at a higher amperage, you basically are charging it faster. And USB-C, the way it's implemented uh, in these batteries, allows three amps to pass. So you can get, you know, a 40 to 50, 60% improvement, depending on the device um, overcharging through uh, regular um, previous USB. So anyway, there's batteries out there now. Then I've been reviewing the thing I was waiting for that took almost a year to get here were docks that do pass through power. Um, For the first year of the MacBook, really, I think the only thing that did pass through power that I'm recollecting are the two Apple digital and analog um, AV adapters. And they mm-hmm. had passed through USB-C power with no yeah, data. Type A USB port for data with uh, USB uh, 3.0 support. 
and then either HDMI DisplayPort out or um, uh, VGA. And uh, now uh, I t- uh, you can read the review I did of the Satechi dock, which is kind of a little compact thing that snaps into the side. And it has the same styling. You can get one the same color as your MacBook. There's a uh, OWC made a full-size dock that has to be powered. It's kind of like a dock that you would plug into, um, you know, at a workstation. You'd leave stuff plugged in. And it's pretty cool. It's got some limitations, but I quite liked it. I think it's not as fully powered as what we're going to see. So if you needed a dock now that did everything it does, it's not a bad investment. It's just that I think we're going to see – I think they weren't able to get everything up to – the maximum. So there's some speed issues. Uh, you could, you know, it feels like you could have two monitors supporting only has one monitor output, but if you want one right now, I'm pretty happy with it. And then I just reviewed the anchor uh, dock and it has a number of limitations, especially to do with power. And, um, I go into those in the review, but, uh, all three of those, uh, powering, I'm sorry, powering external hard drives is a really tricky issue uh, with the anchor. And so read that review carefully, but, um, all three of these have passed through USB-C power so they can be plugged in and you can be charging your device at the same time while using all these extra ports. And that is a transformation of what you can do with a MacBook. So has that made it, has that made you okay with just having one port now that the, the ecosystem is more mature and you know, you can do the stuff you used to do with your several ports on your previous MacBooks. Yeah, I frankly had very few problems with it. I had both Apple adapters and the also the USB Type-A to Type-C adapter, which is this one cord, so you can't charge through it, but you can attach a Type-A device. And then I had all these various other cables to, you know, mess around with for um, HDMI and DisplayPort and so forth. And uh, it's very rare that I actually needed to plug anything but power into that port because the the battery lasts so long and I would always be carrying a you know a little tiny USB um, iPhone style uh, adapter uh, US, uh, power adapter so I didn't find myself using it very often the case that usually came up where that was an issue is when I wanted to run a clone of my drive and I wanted to do pass-through power so I'm not both powering the USB-C external drive um from the computer and draining it while I'm doing the backup so that I don't wind up with an issue. So in that case, I dig out one of the AV or one of the uh, AV adapters, plug it in, make sure power is passing through and do that. So this certainly makes that easier. I have a separate um, office workstation. I've got a Mac mini that's permanently connected. Now, I w- for a little while, I was working in a co-working space where I had a separate monitor and keyboard set up. I would have loved to have the OWC dock, I think, in particular, because it's sort of full-featured. It's like um, I compared it to uh, – I remember I love my Duo 210. It's one of my favorite computers ever. And uh, <laughs> I had a dock for the Duo 210 and all the ports out the back, and I could just kind of leave everything plugged in and plug it in. I feel like – Yeah, those OWC's, are nice. Yeah. You, in fact, the OWC dock almost replicates what you get from – a Mac Mini. It doesn't have all the ports, but it has a very similar array of them. It doesn't support Thunderbolt, um, and you know it only has the one HDMI, uh, but it's a very similar experience. So um, I think for people who've been looking for something that let them charge their computer and have access to ports, they now have good options. And um, you know, I'm not going to uh, – the Anchor is tricky because I like it in a lot of ways. It, it has – it fits between the Satechi and the OWC. But anyway, read the review if you're really curious when it comes out because there's some issues about uh, the the limits of how much power it can get over USB. And if you have hard drives attached to what you're doing, it can actually really be uh, problematic. So if you're not going to use hard drives plugged into that dock, the anchor dock, then it's a better situation than if you are. So 
tricky. So I realized my mistake before when I was talking about the RAM going up to 8 gigabytes. They upgraded, they kind of buried in this press release that they're also upgrading, um, they're making standard 8 gigabytes of RAM across the MacBook Air line. Yes, good. So if you buy a new MacBook Air starting today, it's always going to have 8 gigabytes in it. Oh, um, that's good. So that means they're not killing the MacBook good, Air That's good, but yet. I mean, <laughs> just dumping that in this press release makes me, like, concerned that we're not going to see a, a, a significant MacBook Air upgrade, like, what? you know, didn't for a we, while yeah, at WWC we... or anything. Because why would they do that and then, like, turn around and be like, oh, and also, like, there are new processors and they're Retina now and all oh. that cool stuff that we we want from wait, the so, MacBook wait, Air. Wait, all the MacBook Airs are going to have 8 gig? Gigabytes? Yeah. They, you know, they haven't updated their site yet even. That's amazing. I'm looking at the MacBook It's in the Air. press release. Yeah, so they're still, that's interesting that they're still a little behind there because... Uh, because the MacBook Air hasn't been upgraded in a while. So even the 8-inch, sorry, 8-inch, 11-inch is going to be upgraded. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, so they're behind Oh, on no, the, site. the 13, sorry. Oh, only Across the 13. all configs of the 13. The 11-inch will, I'm sorry, so the 11-inch still so the, is 4 uh, gigabytes. the press release says, it's one sentence, Apple also today made 8 gigabytes of memory standard across all configuration of the 13-inch MacBook Air. Oh, that's only, I think there's only one configuration that had 4 gigabytes, but that's okay. Uh, now it has 8. All right. <laughs> so that's yeah, what I, don't I was babbling I mean, about eight before I but, screwed yeah, up my MacBook Air. And my MacBook Air. I, think, I thought we were expecting, we all thought maybe there'd be another you know, MacBook to replace the MacBook Air. But I wonder if the 12-inch MacBook is just is literally the 11 and 13-inch replacement. And they're like, eh. I mean, because then what's your awkward size from there? Do you go up to 15 or 14 or what? Yeah. Um, it's almost as small. I think I told you this. We the test this before. The this summer. So maybe they will announce something mm -hmm. at WWC. But, but you know, just have, having that one line in, in this press release made me worry. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll refresh it if they do it this soon because there's no reason to do that. They could just hold on and, you know, not sell as many at that level. Because you could upgrade. You could get an 8 gigabyte configuration if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go on to that. So we're, you and I are both underwhelmed, I think, is the answer here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nice. It's nice to upgrade your computers. Um, you know, we would have wanted a little more, maybe um, more more redesign, more ports. Um, it's got more battery life. They're quoting uh, a, an extra hour over the first one because of more efficient processors and improved battery chemistry. Sure, that's great. So that's cool. You know, they're working on that from both sides of the problem. Um, it's got the same keyboard that people are bummed about. That's the other thing I'm worried about with the MacBook Airs is like, what if they get the MacBook keyboard? Um, but yeah, you know, it's all right. We'll, oh. we'll, we'll get one in and, and put it through its paces. I'm sure it's going to outperform the old one and be a good deal for, you know, the people who buy it. But I would, I would probably still not spend my money on it. I think when it gets an actual redesign, yeah. it, it, it'll get a big improvement. Uh, they didn't say of, anything about the camera. People complained about oh, the, it's terrible. the camera it's very, on it's, the first one. It, I didn't think I would dislike it as much as I do, and I do. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, you're uh, asking about battery life. Uh, I've had it for a year, and I can definitely – I got one of these battery monitors that actually tells you what your maximum current charge is. Sweet. So it's, it's down a good 10 or something percent after a year. Um, but here's the thing is it is super hard to drain. I was doing these battery tests, and I wanted to drain – my MacBook down to as close to 0% as it'll let me and then dump a battery into it and time it so I could see how long it took and how much of the battery uh, was drained because I was watching the lights on the on the, the uh, external USB batteries. And I forgot the number. I think it took me five hours to drain it with like a full screen movie playing and something else going brightness at full and um, 
dimming turned off. It just took hours. I mean, the battery testing took forever because the batteries are so huge now, like a 20,000 uh, milliampere hour battery, even with this power draining thing I have, takes several hours to get down to zero. Then the yeah. MacBook, I'd have to drain it down. It was sort of hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, so it's good. So I think the MacBook, I mean, I'm very satisfied with its uh, battery life. I don't do a lot of um, uh, travel, especially cross-country travel. So I haven't had to be able to put it to effect where I you know, didn't have access. But then I've got these USB-C batteries in case I have a problem there. Oh, one last thing about USB-C. Just in passing, this came up a week ago, uh, talking about the problems with USB-C cables that are out there. The USB-C promoter group, uh, the folks who maintain the standard and do certification, they are adding cryptography and authentication to USB-C, uh, which is interesting. I think in response to all the problems uh, with uh, poorly made cables, and some of which are not certified, they may be labeled USB, but they haven't gone through a certification process. And then Amazon's pulled a bunch, and uh, there's the Google engineer who maintains, uh, who's been writing reviews of them. Uh, so at some future point, this authentication will be built in. And so who knows? It may be a couple more, you know, computer releases because you have to build it into the controllers. It's not going to be, um, it may be only available through firmware updates. I don't know, but it's not going to be something that's available tomorrow. You'll plug a cable and it'll say like, hey, this isn't a certified cable. You shouldn't use it because it's going to blow up your machine. And, and you could argue this sounds like cartel protectionism, but in the case of USB, uh, the licensing and testing program, all reasonable companies are involved in it because they want their stuff to work. And if you use the mark, you have to get it certified. You have to get, you know, go through the process that the implementers forum defines. So this isn't new. It's just they're actually going to have an enforcement mechanism so that the cable you buy that's labeled as if it were certified has to be provably so. Um, this relates to one other thing, too, is I don't think we've talked on this podcast ever about uh, malicious USB chargers. Have we talked about that? Um, I don't think no. so. It's a funny little thing. It's uh, There's a concern by security experts that people will plug into uh, a charging port somewhere, like in an airport or a restaurant or whatever, uh, because you, unless you're using a special cable, or there's a thing that some people call a USB condom that uh, disables the data part. Uh, if you if you just plug into it, something, a malicious device on the other end that could look like a charger could actually infect your machine with malware if there was a USB exploit available for it. Awesome. Yeah. So authentication, part of that will be when you plug into a charger port, it'll say like this charger is not certified, so don't use it, you know? Uh, and that will be very interesting um, as a way to, I mean, that's part of what they're advertising here is why they're going to put authentication in. And, and uh, I think it's actually good. I, that USB, is a good idea. Like anytime you can do anything approximately, like you can connect to a Wi-Fi network, Bluetooth, um, Thunderbolt, uh, USB 3, USB-C, whatever. Anytime you can plug into a computer, you have so much more ability to overcome protections. There's so many more exploits that require proximity as opposed to remote exploitation over the internet or through a, even through a LAN. And here's you, where you're like, oh, I'm in an airport. Here's a bunch of USB slots. I'll just plug my phone into here. It's like, no, you're giving, ah, and people do it. So anyhow, and you could also, if you Google, uh, I promise this is safe for work. If you Google um, USB condom, you will find devices. They are not related to sexual preferences or practices. They are, uh, I forget what they actually call them. That's the, what the, one of the companies calls them that. But you'll find <laughs> uh, a plug that basically it essentially neuters the data part. Um, there we go. So safe for work, I think. WWC, Susie, let's go on to WWC, Worldwide <laughs> Developer Conference. It's my favorite developer conference. 
Siri, when is uh, WWDC this year? <laughs> Siri knew. Siri she's, leaked it. She spilled the beans. Know. I got to wonder. So as our friend uh, uh, Ina Freed at uh, – Ina Freed? Ina, I don't know pronounce her name. I think um, it's Ina. Ina Freed. Isn't that right? Yeah, at uh, 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 Recode. Figured this out. I don't know if it was leaked to her or she figured it out. But anyway – she posted this. She I like to think that she just asked like every you know hour on the hour for the whole month of April. I was picturing this. I was wondering like, is she sitting there thinking, you know, last year? You could write year, a script to have you know your computer say like, hey Siri, and then you oh, and then record like, it, and then yeah, no, I yeah. I mean I was wondering because I'm thinking wasn't it like we know that Apple updates it with data information, so anyway, Ina gets some huge credit there for that. Um, yeah, it was story. a nice find. Very so yeah, story. when you it, the day I guess Apple announced it. Yesterday, Monday, what day is it? Um, and before that, um, yeah, if you ask Siri when is WWC, she would say it's June 13th to 17th in San Francisco. Then Apple went ahead and confirmed it, and the ticket lottery is now underway. What are they doing this year? Is this like last year where there's a few days? It's not like a, it's not like a, a first come first serve queue. You enter a lottery. Yeah, I think you put in your um, your deets, you register for a ticket lottery. If you're selected, you can buy a ticket. The deadline to register is this Friday, um, and then they'll let you know by Monday. So they'll do a random drawing over the weekend, and they'll let you know. And then there's a scholarship program for students as well. So, yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, the previous years that it sold out before people had really found out about it. Yeah, like you had really to you had to be just so on it and if you weren't if you didn't try to get tickets within the first hour or so like forget about it. So so the lottery at least gives everybody a chance. Um it'll be a bummer if you know you want to go with your team or your friends or something and you don't all get tickets, but I mean I think that you know you could get a lot out of it by yourself. So yeah, you know, uh, everyone who goes has a good time. I hear that you know, it can be hard to get, there's a lot of people now, it's a big deal. And, um, you know, if you have specific questions, you're trying to get FaceTime with engineers, a lot of people come for that. I've heard that that can be a frustrating experience. Mm -hmm. I've never gone as a developer, so I don't really know. And then alt conference happens at the same time. And that has a lot of amazing programming as well. So oh, two, yeah, there's the, uh, the uh, scholarship thing, by the way, they're offering this year, a uh, hundred, uh, they say may be granted. So they're not guaranteeing up to 125 uh, people who get scholarships will also get travel assistance. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's, what is it? 500 or no, sorry, 300 and some odd, I'm not finding the number here. People will get, uh, scholarships, uh, and then 125 may be awarded as well. Um, travel assistance, which is great. It's part of their effort to, you know, if you can't get there, this changes the whole dynamic, uh, of inclusivity, especially for students. Um, and, uh, it's a great thing. Uh, uh, our friend at, um, at the Icon Factory, uh, Craig Hockenberry, warns people that if you're booking a hotel where you'd have to walk through the Tenderloin, consult your maps. Don't use Google Maps. Make sure you're not walking through the Tenderloin. <laughs> Try to get in Soma if you can. It's expensive. Yeah. Well, in the, um, people were looking for hotels already and seeing rates of $300 to $600 a night. Some hotels were $300 mm. a night for the first night or two and then 600 by the time you hit the last two days. San Francisco is an expensive city. BART is great. Um, we love BART. And uh, you can book someplace else on a BART stop where you can The problem is like the, the hotels aren't really spread out. Like there's a bunch down by Union Square. Right. There's a bunch down in the wharf. But like those aren't super transit accessible. Like they sort of are. But it's No, but you pain. could stay in like 
Oakland or Bur- I mean, you could see in oh, other cities yeah, across yeah. the bay. And you know, actually, you, keep- you can stay in downtown Oakland and get to Moscone a lot easier than you could staying in like you know further out parts of San Francisco. Well, it's cheaper too, right? Isn't like four bucks or something? Yeah, to get the to, bar uh, is really way? crowded now. Is the problem? It's if you're true. Taking so if you, it anywhere near rush hour, like uh, you'd have to go in very early or or off hours. But you're coming back. But you could late. do that for WWC yeah. pretty easily. Well, these are I don't know how many of our listeners will go to WWC. I think a reasonable number from one year or one ago. So. Uh, San Francisco, a lovely city of opportunity, but also very, very, very expensive. I was appalled by how much I had to spend the last time I went because I mean, I'm if used you're coming to, to WWC, cheaper. you're going to be spending some money. Just yeah, kinda, but you know, it's, it's tough for developers. I mean, it's a week of time. This is part of the it's part of the commitment of like, do you need to be there now? Apple's making available uh, videos of all the sessions. Um, it's they've, true. They've lowered the uh, non-disclosure requirements now, so less is secret, so you can talk about it more. There's discussion forums. It's a little bit different, I think, than when they were much more clamped down and they released information or videos, especially much later. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they shipped out DVDs. I mean, they're talking a while ago now. Uh, So it's not quite, I would say, as... um, as critical that you're there, but it's also it's where everybody mingles and, and you get together with people who are your peers, and, and that's very important. And the keynote is off-site this year. Uh, it's going to be at... Uh, uh, it's down at the Bill Graham. Yeah, yeah. Which is where they had the iPhone 6S, the Apple TV. Um, they want to keep last... us... They want to keep us filthy reporters away from the developers. I went to a keynote at WWDC. Well, it's like all the first day stuff is over there, I well, guess. I went to a and keynote the at WWDC a few years ago. I forget how many years ago. And I was up in the press area, and then I had a briefing, and I was starving, and the briefing wasn't until one. So I go down, I go into the developer area and get food, not realizing that it wasn't for me. And I try to go, and they, they gave it to me. And then I try to go back up, and the security goes, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm like, I've got a briefing. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, no, you don't. I'm like, no, I've got, and they're like, I've got a press. Like, nope, media part's over. And I finally had a call up to uh, one of our good friends at Apple who then came down and <laughs> escorted me up. No. And I was like, dude, he's like, well, I don't care. You know, it's like, all right, I guess you're doing your job, but not very well. Uh, but I got free food, and I uh, probably shouldn't have. I stole free food in front of developers' mouths by accident. Uh, so WWDC, we don't expect new hardware at this point. I um, mean, you never know, like because a lot of these Macs are looking kind of old in the tooth. But it, you know, I think it's the the Intel chip schedule is the main driver of that, and I don't know enough about that to really hazard a good guess. Eh, Macs are fast enough. It's okay. We don't need new ones. <laughs> Although it is, they I mean, can't it is run funny. Oculus Rift, Glenn. Uh, yeah, it is funny. I mean, you get to this point. This is kind of the issue. Um, I think Jason Snell's raised this. I think we've talked about it. Like the iPhone SE, does that become? It's an unnumbered phone. So how often do they update the SE? Will it be every year? Every two years? Will they do small feature bumps without really talking about it much? Just saying, oh yeah, we've you know now it's got whatever front-facing camera. Uh, same thing. I wonder about with Macs. You know, the Macs are all unnumbered. The question is. How frequently do Macs get updated? Um, you know, we already know the airport line is years out of date, hasn't seen any refreshes for a while, and they still sell a lot of airport equipment, even though there's better stuff, um, harder to use, but better equipment from other vendors. Uh, if you look at, um, uh, you know, the Apple TV, it took a while to get its refresh out, and, you know, how, when will they refresh that again in two years? Will it need it? I don't know. Um, Mac so, Rumors is amazing at this. They have their buyer's guide section yeah, on their website, buyersguide.macrumors.com. And so, and what they do is they track the release cycles of every Apple product, and then they'll tell you where you are in the cycle on the day that you visit the site. So, and you know, if if they just updated it, it'll have a green light, like go ahead and buy that now. It's new. It's not going to get updated again for you know probably this many days. 
just based on history. And then if it hasn't been updated in a while, it'll have a little red light and say, like, don't buy this because, you know, you might run into the thing where you buy it and then the next week they upgrade it and you're sad. Yeah. So right now I'm looking at the Macs and they are all at don't buy except yeah. for the MacBook that was refreshed today and the iMac is at like a neutral because it was refreshed 189 days ago and the average cycle is 317. But I mean like the, you know, the MacBook Air, the MacBook uh, Pro has been 336, which is above the 268-day average. The MacBook Air is 50 days above its average. The Mac Mini is 80 days above its average. And the Mac Pro hasn't been updated in 852 days. No, is that right? Yeah. Holy cow. Last release in, in December of 2013. I, uh, wow. I, okay. Well, so, yeah. I mean, you got to wonder, are they waiting on Thunderbolt 3? Is that part of it? Like, do you release the Pro, Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, or even a Mac Mini with outdated Thunderbolt? I don't know. And the iMac. I don't know. That's, yeah. oh man, that is as much more, because I mean, remember the big fuss that was made when the Mac Pro came out and then uh, some prominent developers, I think Marco Armin bought one and sold it. He's got, uh, because Marco is Marco, people make parody accounts of his equipment. So there was a um, Marco's Mac Pro, which got very upset when he sold it. Got a Marco's iMac account, Marco's uh, various things. Uh, but I think uh, people found the iMac is actually higher performance for what they needed compared to what you could get out of the Mac Pro. Um, that is fascinating. Well, yeah. I guess maybe maybe we will see some stuff at WWDC, but I don't think so. I don't think we'll see the Macs refreshed then. Hmm. Yep. I mean, uh, but it's it's you know they're talking to their pro users, so if ever there was a show to bring it out, that would that would be it. It's true, but uh, I mean, and these are software huh. guys though too, so they're you know they they have a lot of software to talk about because they're doing yearly updates of OS 10, which you know could be rebranded Mac OS, which I guess is it's that's a news story, but it's not that exciting to me. <laughs> um, and then iOS, of course. So yeah. And then there's also this rumor about the App Store. So the, I mean, we know that developers have a lot of complaints about the App Store, um, you know, how long updates take and how they can't um, release an upgrade, a paid upgrade. Um, they don't have trials, you know, all these things that developers have been, um, you know, pointing out for a while and saying Apple could make this a better experience for developers and for users. So they got all these developers in a room. They could, you know, and it's a big, it's a big room. It's a different room. They're doing something different this year. They could, um, hope they could address that, especially now that this rumor is out that they're um, thinking about doing like a paid search results, like how you know you can pay to have your company come up higher in a Google search result, or you know things like that, so that they might let developers pay to be on top of search results for different. I don't know if it would be like keywords or app names or. Or what? So, um, you know, that's that's something that uh, a lot of people have said they don't think is a good idea. Well, it seems <laughs> but app, app Store search is terrible. Like, it's easier yeah. to search Google. Like, I'll search Google for, like, what I'm looking for and the word, like, iOS or iTunes. And that effectively searches the App Store much better than actually trying to search the no, App it's, Store. It's terrible. And, you know, solving a problem by making people pay for better results <laughs> that's seems so good. awful. It's like, solve that. Like, if Apple said... We've heard you, and we have dramatically improved our search. And we're also going to be doing better work to sort out legitimate apps from illegitimate ones. So you don't wind up with multiple apps using the same name, even though one of them is trademarked and the others are not. I mean, I forget. Was it not TweetBot? There's some apps where 
in the app store, oh, yeah. you search for it and you get other apps and it should be unacceptable. I mean, they're, they're in, it's not a coincidence and there's often are trademarks involved. There's certainly the intent to confuse. And if Apple's going to have this review process in place, it should also be checking that data. So it's the search engine terrible. So if they said we've improved that and now in addition to making this a billion times better, uh, developers have the option to pay for promotion for limited campaigns and blah, 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 you know, and you could say in the, for specific purposes, like they could define how it's going to be work, how it's going to work. So you'd be able to pay for promotion in association with the new release, with a bundle or whatever. And developers might choose to do it, right? And Apple might be willing to kick in some co-op money in the sense that they might be able to, uh, might be willing to do something like underwrite some of the costs. So you pay for some of the advertising, but they're willing to kick back and Apple won't do this, but they should. They would be willing to, you know, Apple, I mean, like in other places. So, you know, here's the trick. You know this and you go to a bookstore and you see books on the, what are called end caps and the ends yeah. of rows. Those are paid placements. Those are not done free. In an independent right. bookstore, some of that might be, choice of, uh, you know, booksellers in most stores, uh, even small ones, you, uh, booksellers pay extra for it. And what they do is they pay it in terms of co-op dollars. They don't usually pay actual dollars. They pay, uh, to help uh, advertise the bookstore. They do other kinds of promotions. They underwrite some events, whatever. So it's not like here's a bunch of cash and that's, and it's not exactly illegal, but it's complicated, right? Sure. So that's, traditional in like every kind of retailing. Apple could say, well, we'll take, a, if you buy advertising, we'll take a 15% commission during the period that you're doing this kind of advertising or 20%. So you'll get more of what you have sell, well, but you have to sell yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what you would do in yeah, terms of like Yeah, they could make dollars. it a, a way where it's like win-win. Yeah, but they're not going to do that because Apple just takes 30%. <laughs> they but could, it's, they I know might. they could, but they won't. And it's it's unfortunate because that would minimize it. If you said to a developer, yeah, you can take out a $1,000 ad and, and get this kind of placement so it's almost like a pick that Apple does, but it's marked as advertising. But you get 85% of the net instead of 70% during that period. You'd say, oh, well, that's yeah. a trade-off. It's a It'd marketing like, yeah. investment as opposed now to extortion. Look at it. It's not extortion, but it's sort of so to feeling like it's extortion. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, developers do want, you know, better placement and they want more control over that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it, you know, if, if it feels like Apple's like, you know, charging you once so you can sell more apps so they can charge you again, like, it, you know, it definitely feels like you're being, it. it's, being nickel and dime. It does feel, I mean, it's not extortion, but it feels like it when you're being told, hey, it'd be very nice if you paid that some more money. That would be a good thing. Be, so, the, yeah. so these app install ads are a big deal now in like Facebook oh, and Instagram. so much. And Facebook is having a huge success with them. And it's funny because so... Like Facebook obviously knows a lot more demographic information about you and will share that. I mean, Apple like probably knows plenty about you, but they're not passing that on. That's kind of why I ad crashed and burned. Mm -hmm. um, that people just didn't really want to use it because they weren't getting you know that sweet sweet customer data back. But with Facebook, you can get really granular. You can be like, I want to show this app install ad to people in this age demographic in this part of the country who make like this much money, and like you can get really granular in who you want to show these ads to. So. I find that they're targeted, like the ones that I see, um, I don't use Facebook's um, main app, but I see them in Instagram and I end up installing them like a lot or at least clicking through to look at them because, yeah, like if it's a well done ad and, you know, it's intriguing enough, like I'll actually click on those because that is a good way to find apps that, you know, might appeal to you. So I found a cool meditation app the other day in my mm. Instagram from an Instagram app install ad and oh. I installed it and I'm in the free trial now and I probably won't convert to being a paid customer. But, you know, that's how I found that app. So 
there's a lot, you know, now that there's sort of competition outside the app store for how people are discovering these things, like Apple should really step it up and it would help developers in the process. This is all good. And will they do any of this? We don't know. <laughs> We'd like them to. Uh, should we move on to uh, the latest in FBI and law enforcement news? Um, while sure. we're recording this, Bruce Sewell, who is uh, at Apple, uh, he's chief counsel at Apple, right? He's, um, yeah, he's a senior general counsel, and chief counsel. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, actually testifying as we speak in front of Congress. And in fact, has already noted that they're looking into, uh, you'll get our full coverage, of course, because we can't report this live. But um He's uh, said they're already looking into more uh, encryption or uh, security on iCloud, which will give them less access. Uh, There's actually a very funny exchange I saw that the uh, a congressman was asking uh, the uh, FBI, uh, oh, well, wouldn't it make sense if third parties can do what you're talking about for uh, cracking? Shouldn't you try to hire – oh, here we go. It's uh, uh, Representative DeGette. Um it's uh, if third-party individuals can develop these techniques to get into these encrypted devices, why can't we bring more capabilities in-house to the government to be able to do that? And the FBI is like, humra, 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 hum. Like, can't we develop these? Nope, it's not possible. It's like, okay, so you're saying hire that other hackers. people can do it and you can't hire them. And we already know the NSA is hiring people like that. So it's the usual Wasn't there a story screen. a while back, just to bring it around to the 420 thing again, that they uh, were having trouble finding like oh, programmers yeah, yeah. that could pass a drug test? No, this is, I heard this and it's actually possible because the drug test is really severe. And even though marijuana, you, you know, marijuana use is uh, uh, decriminalized in a bunch of states now or several states, yeah. it's still illegal at a federal level. And as long as you do the drug test, or, you know, if you live in a state like, yeah, it's, that's a whole employment law thing that's really complicated, but... Um, it's true. And yeah, so Sewell's, uh, we'll, we'll do the full coverage, but he's saying things like suggesting Americans must choose between privacy and security is a false choice. Um, do you see the New York Police Department try to do this uh, uh, thing about, uh, it was unlock security or something. I forget the hashtag. They oh, did this gosh. thing just a couple of, yesterday. It was no. recently. And they're like, <laughs> show our support for how, why we need phones. The You know, it's Cyrus Vance and... Um, the prosecutor and you know we need uh, and they were trying to do this big social media thing and it got hijacked of course by people saying encryption is uh makes uh, uh protects us from criminals and thieves and muggers we should have better encryption so everyone leaped onto it like new york police department probably doesn't really know how to do social media right oh. you know? um it was good and uh anyway so what you yeah, the coverage <laughs> i'm just seeing tweets go by and sewell saying we didn't give source code to the chinese government even though they've asked for it. They've been it. saying that the whole time. Yeah, Craig Federighi said that in a sworn deposition. Yeah, and... we did not have a key we threw away. Um, you know, yeah, it's a big, it's a big deal. So we'll have, uh, obviously we'll have coverage of that, but it's pretty, um, it sounds reasonably intense. He's been going on for almost an hour now. Um, uh, the last time when they were in front of Congress, it was a different committee, I think, but it took forever. It was so long. Like I would, you know, props to those guys just for sitting and being grilled for that long yep yeah and they haven't yet uh yeah this is all very interesting it's gonna say they haven't said they're, what they're gonna do with iCloud but it's already come up um and let's see so this week <laughs> the latest FBI other FBI news is uh the FBI once again tried to push for um uh, more assistance from Apple and push this thing and Apple wrote back and you know filed a brief in, the, in this New York case with the meth dealer Government's utterly failed to satisfy its burden to demonstrate Apple's assistance is necessary, pointing out that it wasn't necessary in the San Bernardino case, uh, pointing out that the FBI basically ignored everything Orenstein said, the uh, magistrate, yeah, it was and his such opinion. such a weak appeal. They were just kind of like, but we want it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, they're not having an effective, um, an effective issue here. So, 
uh, we'll get so we'll more on that soon. Um, few minor things before we finish up here. Uh, uninstall QuickTime for Windows immediately if you're using it. There are known uh, flaws uh, in QuickTime, and Apple is no longer going to release updates. Boom. Wouldn't it have yep. been nice if they'd actually given an end of life for it? I yeah, I guess. I don't think they did. <laughs> I think they just said I just think it turned out they're not going to support it and there are active exploits. Seems bad. We have an article about that, but you should definitely uninstall QuickTime yeah, for you have Windows. Any Windows machines immediately because it is can be exploited. Um, another interesting thing um, briefly was that uh, I posted a uh, Mac 911 column about uh, someone wrote in with this problem that uh, every time they try to empty their trash, they were told uh, trash has to be emptied immediately. And they were baffled by this and they couldn't find any settings. And I wrote a fairly detailed uh, thing about your trash f a folder, which is a hidden folder, can wind up getting the wrong permissions on it. And it can also happen if you have mounted volumes. And sometimes this happens with uh, locally mounted ones that are plugged directly into your Mac. Sometimes happens with networked volumes. The tr there's a trashes directory that's hidden and inside that are individual trash folders for every user who's connected to Whoa. the drive. Yeah, so you can wind up with permissions problems. And then every time you try to empty trash either on your main drive or a file that's stored in an external drive, you can get a very strange error and it tells you, you know, empty it immediately and there's no reverting. Once you hit that button, it's gone. Um, so uh, I've got instructions on how to fix it. There's a couple approaches. Some of them are scary because you have to type in terminal instructions, which if you copy and paste them wrong, you could wind up really hurting yourself. So make backups. <laughs> Do your time machine backups first. Uh, but if you're having this problem, a lot of people had uh, great comments. Uh, so I may incorporate some of the comments into a future post. In fact, but uh, apparently this is um, a fraught issue. So go find that at Macworld.com too. Right on. I think we've covered all the news there is to... Uh, to All the news. All the news this week. Yeah, There's I'm no excited more about WWC. It's always fun. All the yeah. nerds come to town, have a party. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's pretty close, isn't it? It's less than two months already. Uh, yep. Get geared up for it. Uh, so, folks, you can find us, as always, at Macworld.com. You can write us at podcast at Macworld.com. You can leave comments on our website. Um, you can find us by Semaphore. Uh, find us on the Twitter, at Glenn F. That's Glenn with two N's, F like Frank, or at SF Suze. That's S-F-S-O-O-Z like Z, right? Susie said she picked yes. the easiest name. She could. Easy handle. I didn't think spell. about spelling it out loud on podcasts. <laughs> I had this discussion years ago. I had a friend who uh, helped her start an internet company like 20 years ago, 22 years ago. And we were talking about getting it listed in the phone book. And I'm like, well, what's going to happen? Someone's going to call up and say, uh, I need the address for, uh, I need the phone number for something.com. They'd be like, dot coma? Someone's in a coma? It's like, no, no. The company is <laughs> something. Dot, well, what's a dot? Like a period. I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am or sir. You know, and, and uh, yeah. That that's the day. Those days are past. But uh, <laughs> find us everywhere. So uh, anyway, thank you, Susie. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you. Uh, and I have been and remain Glenn Fleischman, a senior contributor over here at MacWorld, and uh, we will talk to you again next week in our next episode. 